0: Everyone has some sort of a closet that has become too small. A closet is no place to live, and I want to support as many people as I can in stepping out of that prison into the fullness of life that is waiting for them on the other side of that door. This is Nancy Shadlock from Centered Life Coaching. Join me in listening to these coming out chronicles. Get curious about their stories. And then go see what good things are waiting for you on the other side of your closet door. You might remember back in episode 40, I shared about how churches are doubling down in the wrong direction in in terms of uh, marriage equality. And I referenced a movie in there called 1946. And I've since reached out to them and they were happy to come on the podcast and share more about this movie that Really highlights how this translation got kind of skewed in 1946. Um, the the biblical scholars translated the word homosexual into the Bible for the first time, and before that, it had many different meanings. And so, we'll go into that in the episode. But I'm so excited that the director of the film, Rocky, is their name. Um, She's happy to, to meet with us today and share more about this film and share some of the ways at the end that you can also be part of helping this film uh, actually get to production and get out in the world, because it's so important to share this word of how that was misinterpreted so that more people won't be hurt by this and so that more goodness and beauty will be possible in the world. So trigger warnings for this one, I would say, are people that really believe staunchly in the Bible and that every word of it is true and that it is not, that it is infallible. Um, If that's not you, then you probably won't be too triggered by this episode. I'm so happy to have Rocky on the show today. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to hear your coming out story and (laughs) what it leads into.
1: Yeah, well, I I would say the coming out story has a direct relation to the work that I'm doing right now, which is probably how you heard about me, which is the movie 1946, the mistranslation that shifted culture. But my coming out story happened in my later teen years when I was just graduating high school. And I didn't really have a coming out story. I was found out. I had one of those unfortunate scenarios where your parents suspect, and my parents are very strict, evangelical conservative Christians, and them discovering that I was LGBTQ obviously didn't mix very well. And so um, they took it upon themselves to invade my privacy because they were legitimately concerned for my eternal soul. And then that led to a letter <laughs> listing all the clobber passages, basically telling me why somebody with that identity and lifestyle would be going to hell and is against God's will. Uh, And so I left home immediately. Uh, But yeah, so now 20 plus years later, (laughs) here I am making a movie about misuse of the Bible and specifically the clobber passages that were used against me Once I learned about this mistranslation and all of the other in-betweens, there's a lot of information, as you can imagine, from when the Bible was written 2,000 years ago and what our understanding is today, my 40 years plus years experience in that timeline, and then obviously the whole timeline of discrimination between the LGBTQ community and the Christian church. So that's my coming out story. Mm.
0: (laughs) What tipped them off to it? Pardon? What tipped them off to it?
1: <clears throat> I mean, all the cute girls I was dating, obviously, in high school. <laughs> like, hello. Uh, let's see. When I was a... Okay, so I was a senior in high school. and There was this girl. I won't mention her name because she ended up not being LGBTQ and was not happy when she found out. I had a crush on her, so we'll leave this person out of the story. Uh, but I used to walk her to class and carry her books. And I mean, we were very close, I think there was definitely something there. So, uh, but anyway, you could tell, you could just tell, you know. I mean, and I knew at a very young age, which is why it was easy for me to walk away from that experience living under my parents' roof because I know who I am. And I knew what they were telling me could not, it was not aligning with my identity. And my understanding of God, you know, and whenever that might be, I just knew that what the church and what my parents were telling me did not sit well in my heart and in my soul. And so I was able to walk away from it all.
0: Hmm. Um, Yeah. So from it all, do you mean like your parents and the church and like everything? Or what do you mean by it all?
1: Absolutely. I walked away from it all. I turned uh, and left and and never looked back. Um, But they were seeking and our whole story will, a little bit will come out in the film because my dad has agreed to be in the movie. He's still a non-denominational minister, very side X, which means he believes that um, even if you're born gay, we're all born with original sin and you must repent and turn to God, take it to the cross, and you know, then God will take away that sin. Uh, and we know, and the evidence shows that that just is not the case. You can't pray away the gay conversion therapy doesn't work, you know. But he's agreed to be a part of this project, and mm-hmm. so we're growing together as we've gone through our obstacles in this understanding of of um, being at the intersection of faith and sexuality.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what strikes me is like you you walked away from the church, and yet you're doing this project that is very much about the church and the Bible, like people understanding it more clearly.
1: Yeah, and so part of our audience and our target audience would obviously be the conservative Christian and people like my father, who I feel are victims of bad theology, just like we are, um, the people who have been oppressed. But how do we reach somebody who doesn't care about? church or the bible or any of these themes at all i feel that this is relevant to everyone in the world because we know that religion is a part of our world reality whether it's Mm -hmm. christian or one of these other top world religions christianity represents one third of the world's you know population identify as being christian and 70 percent of americans identify as being christian and so And we see how the church has played into American politics and how dangerous that is. And we need to get back to what this country is really founded on, which is the freedom of religion and everyone respecting everybody's identities and differences in regards to whether it's sexuality and religion. So I think that there's a lot of danger in nationalism, in dominionism and in, preaching the idea that we're a Christian nation because we're a nation of many cultures and identities. Uh, And so these dangers that stem within our church buildings trickle out into society. So this is just one problem within the church that has to do with a marginalized group, which the LGBTQ community is the next in a long list of others that the church has created and has. they've done this throughout their entire existence. Mm -hmm. Um, But to that end, I do want to say to the audience that this is not an attack on God. This is not an attack on the Bible. This is not an attack on Christianity. This is about a broken institution and a real mistranslation that happened real moment in time about, and we have the letters to show how the word homosexual first entered the Bible, how it was a mistranslation. The men admitted it was a mistake. So these are real people sitting in a room, making real decisions that impact our real society. So we need to have a conversation about it. So that's kind of the approach that I'm taking as a filmmaker. And so I did start going back to the church and evaluating these things. And my journey led to learning about gay Christians and people who have already been doing this work long before me and who still identify as being Christian. And I was like, gay Christians exist and there are conferences (laughs) Mm -hmm. and there's a there are books, you know, I just really had no idea because I turned my back and, and wanted nothing to do with it. Um, but we have to work within our church buildings to get that ripple effect to see the change that we need in our society for equal protection under the law for all of God's children. And however you want to say that, whether it's a God or just for all children, you know, for everyone in our in our land.
0: hmm. I heard a a quote from Phyllis Tickle recently where she said, about every 500 years, God has a rummage sale (laughs) and just like goes through and sells off the things that they don't need anymore that are ill-fitting. And, you know, about 500 years ago was the reformation. And so we're about due for a rummage sale. I love it.
1: I'm going to look up that Phyllis Tickle um, quote because that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, It's time and you know that's actually a really good point because I think now we're ready. Mm -hmm. Our society is ready, our understanding of gay people, LGBTQ people has grown. As we know better, we do better and how are we doing better in theology? Mm -hmm. And so that's another theme of the movie. Some of the other characters in the film, besides me as the filmmaker who has been hurt by bad theology and, and coming out of loneliness and trauma into hope Right now we have Kathy and Ed who are the researchers who are the two to actually ask the question, who made this decision and why? And Mm -hmm. Kathy is a Christian evangelical ally who became affirming through a friendship of a a Native American lesbian woman who's everything that Kathy is not. And just through that friendship, it led her to realizing how the church treats the other, um, which led her into learning and researching the Bible and now she is one of the leading researchers when it comes to discrimination between the church and the LGBTQ community. Her first book is called um, Walking the Bridgeless Canyon, and it talks about that divide and it's it's well-researched, very great book. And now she and Ed are working on a second book with their research from the translation notes and what they call the creation of anti-gay theology, which is relatively new, which started in about the seventies, but we see the first word coming in in 46, homosexual in one translation by the seventies, it's in six different verses and three different translations. By now it's in nine different verses and we have 450 English versions of the Bible. You know, it's just, it's crazy. Like why do we need so many English translations? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, so they've done this work and their second book, Kathy's second book with co-author Ed Oxford is called How the Bible became anti gay, forging a sacred weapon. So, we can see how these things have played out in society. The the decision was cultural and not theological. So, that's kind of what the book's about. And then the movie will trace them as well. Now, Ed's story, he's a gay Christian who just one day thought that God's going to take this away. He's like, I can't be gay and Christian. Like, that's just, you know, and he's so confused and he was suicidal all of his life, but he loves God. And, you know, he just, one day it's going to go away and it never went away. And so a couple of years before he met Kathy and learned of all of this research and started to do all this research, um, a therapist told him to go hang out with gay Christians because you're not putting away this Christian side. You're not putting away this gay side. And just like me, he was like, what, <laughs> gay Christians, and so then he le- that led him to learn about Kathy, the 1946 mistranslation. Then he started buying old Bibles and lexicons to look at the 2000 year history and word um, how the words have changed over time. And he has this amazing collection of Bibles from multiple languages and he traces the words. And then, so he and Kathy have now gone to all of the archives that have put this word in to see how the translation, teams made their decisions, you know, and the two of them are the only ones that have done this work. And we know this because all of the translation notes are in major institutions where you have to register to mm-hmm. check them out. So all of the people on the non-affirming side who are writing books that hurt the LGBTQ community haven't even asked these questions. Mm. So that's just a, I'm sure a bit of a long explanation of some of the themes in the movie, but the last person I do want to add, I'm so sorry, is the man who wrote the letter. There's a man who was 21 years old, who was a seminary student who challenged the translation team. He wrote an amazing letter, three pages, single spaced, very well-written and cited. Um, stating why it was a mistranslation and the head of the translation team wrote him back. And that's how we know they admitted that it was a mistake. And then when they were able to update their translation, they did change the RSV from homosexual to sexual perverts. The difference is it's still not a good translation, but it took took the pressure off of a group of people and put it back on an act. Mm. And that's what we're talking about here, exploitative, you know, abusive, pederasty, prostitution, things that are not productive in a covenanted, covenantal relationship, those things anyway. So David is alive. He's 80 years old. Mm-hmm. He's a pastor. He's in our film.
0: This episode was brought to you by Centered Life Coaching. And I've got a special new offering I'm excited to share with you. Does life feel a little bit crazy right now? There's a lot of hustle and bustle. There's a lot of noise. It's hard to hear yourself. I got you. Join me on the front porch, away from the hustle of life. Sit down. Take a breath. Share what's on your mind and heart. This is where you'll discover your true self. Come and hear yourself into being. You'll be astounded at what you notice. There's a link for the Front Porch sessions in the show notes, or you can sign up at centered.ca. I'm waiting on the Front Porch for you. Are you coming? What did it say? What did it say before? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: So in the um, New King James, which would have been the popular Bible of the time, in 1611, the New King James version was printed and that was the mainstream bible until all of these modern english bibles started getting printed and what the new king james says is abusers of themselves with mankind which is a little bit more accurate before then it was effeminate catamite sodomite um so we get into all of this because obviously we know what sodomite means today but where did the word come from what it where is it derived and how has it been changed over time? Because if you look at the real definition of uh, a sodomite, it's anyone who participates in non-procreative sex. And so we don't need to get into that. You understand, but so all of these and so, okay, so then before then, the Greek words were malakoi and arsenokoitai. So those are the words that we really need to look at to get to the meaning of. Mm-hmm. And then, because we can see how in the culture, sodomy got put into the culture, and we see the sodomy laws, and we see how it can get associated with homosexuality. And these p- become slang words that get perversed into our society and are misused. But what is this malakoi word? What is this arsinekoitai word? So without boring the audience, we are going to, you know, look at these words, but really what it is, is to be a malakoi is to be used and abused like a woman. The themes always come down. It's, it's always about patriarchy, misogyny, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, and even in like the biblical passages, those passages are talking about adultery, they're talking about men saying, so the Bible was written for cisgender heterosexual men, you know, by cisgender heterosexual men. Women couldn't even read the Bible. Anytime it talks about the women, it says, your women, you know, their women, you know. Um, so um, in, in Leviticus, it says, <clears throat> don't commit adultery. And now let me give you a list of what that really means. And it gives a list of how the man, has this property and everything that is living under your roof that you are protecting don't use and abuse them mm-hmm. so there are many different themes we're going to get into it as briefly as possible in an hour and a half movie to <laughs> at least hit the cliff notes where people can be like wow this is really interesting and of course it makes sense because we see it today what do you do when a man wants to uh tease another man you call him a woman you you know all of these slang words that they have for for men or you're a pansy or a pussy you're a, you're a you know a nancy a nancy right there you go <laughs> Which I take personal offense to. <laughs> <laughs> um so before there were gays there were women um and we need to break these chains these these chains that have been put and built by our culture and society that are not they are just social constructs that are just not reality we know that there are more than two genders we know there's a spectrum. You know, um, we know trans people, you know, we're learning now. We're doing better as humans. We have to do better in our theology and in our church buildings. So that's my motivation to do this movie. I hope that people will see these themes and be excited about them and feel the history and the word information and, you know, and then the real people that have been impacted and really go on this journey with us.
0: Mm-hmm. How can people go on this journey with you even now? Like,
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I would say right now, um, we're doing great on TikTok, which is amazing. We just started a TikTok three months ago. We're almost up to 100,000 followers. Um, yep. And so people are really responding. We know that this work is needed. So follow us on TikTok and actually across all social media platforms at 1946, the movie, very easy to find. And then we have a website, 1946, themoviecom There are ways to donate on a lower level. We have sponsorship levels. If you want to put your church or your community center's name attached to the film, the levels are not that expensive to put your logo on the movie and say, hey, I was a part of this. Um, We have a fiscal sponsor. So it's 501c3 for full tax deduction. And then we have cool merch. So if if you said, hey, you know, I can give you a follow, I can give you a like, but maybe I can buy a t-shirt. That'd be cool. Um, So all of that's on the website. Mm-hmm. But just share honestly. Um, and the last way I would say is be brave to, to have these conversations. And we are building a tool so that we can guide people towards a better understanding of who gay people are. Um, but if you believe in this project, go ahead and share it with someone who you think might not want to watch it and challenge them to watch it.
0: Mm-hmm. I can see that even just wearing a shirt like that around people be like, Oh, what does 1946 stand for? It just opens the conversation. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So when are you hoping to get it out and when can people start watching it? So
1: it's either time or money. Um, I started this project in 2018. We're on a really good timeline, honestly, like a lot of these films take three to four years. So um, hopefully we won't go past four years. We want to finish this year. And we're on point to hit that mark. And thank you to everybody who has contributed because without y'all, we wouldn't be here. We raised enough money at the beginning of the year to hire a professional editor. And now we have our first scenes assembled and we have our structure ready and we're we're building it. Um, Now we need to raise the money to finish. But with, with that money affords us people to see the work, to see the scenes. So our goal is to finish by the end of August to start really polishing up by September, submitting to film festivals by the end of the year. And then that will mean we'll premiere in 2022. And then we'll see what network picks us up and hopefully we get worldwide. I wanna see the movie translated in multiple languages all over the world, whether it's subtitled or however that is, so that we can use this tool to change culture more towards love and inclusion Mm
0: -hmm. everywhere. Amen, hallelujah. (laughs) May it be so like, truly, it's such important work. And I I remember I was scrolling along on Instagram, and I saw this and I was like, what? This is (laughs) just a new word? Like, I didn't even know that. And having that eye openingness of the twists, because you're right, like these clobber passages just get thrown at us. And nobody actually has done that research of going back and like what do they mean so thank you for doing that work and bring it to light. You're welcome.
1: There are other theologians who claim that they have done the work they haven't looked at the translation notes, they think that they have all the answers. Um, And I feel and we can show they're holding on now to this one man one woman ideology. That again, was created by the church. The Bible never says one man, one woman. And even the one flesh union is seen in platonic relationships in the Bible. You know, so all of the themes that they try to come at now because the non-affirming camp will agree, some of them, that our thesis is correct, that it was a mistranslation. These are abusive words. It doesn't mean homosexual, but being gay is still a sin because of Genesis 2 and Adam and Eve and one man, one woman. Um, and we gladly go through all of those themes as well. So we uh, pull out from scripture ways to support our arguments that we feel are you, you can't dispute. Um, and then I'll, I would say that too, I'll say too um, to that, and there's a book that we recommend called Included in Christ. It's on our website and the author Christy Perdue gu- writes the book through a biblical inerrancy lens so scripture by scripture if you believe the word of god is infallible read this book she will hit every single argument it's it's incredible Hmm. on our website included in christ
0: okay and we'll put that in the show notes too we're going to put all the links so that people can follow along with you, send donations, um, get their, their churches or their book clubs to be part of this because, yeah, it's really important work and you've, you've hit the audience of a lot of queer Christians, which who knew that there were so many, but a lot of people that I interview on this podcast fit that bill and it's important to help others understand how we got to that place where we're okay with being both of those because oftentimes each tribe says no you can't be christian or no you can't be queer and and a christian and it's like being able to hold both of those identities together is important that's the sad thing that i see what happens from the conservative
1: camp you know we see them pushing lgbtq people away Mm -hmm. and they say they don't mean to they're just trying they're being loving because isn't it more loving to say that you're sinning you know, and there's, there's, I just don't understand why they can't get that connection. Mm -hmm. Um, but hopefully again, through strong academics, journalistic approaches where this is not an us versus them, we really are seeking the truth. Uh, hopefully people will pay attention and and we can start changing, changing our culture back.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. It's really important work. So thank you for doing this Rocky. For sure. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the coming out Chronicles. If you enjoyed it and you think it would be helpful for someone else, please share it with them. If you'd like to connect with me, reach out on social. I'd love to support you in the next chapter of your coming out story. I can help you know yourself, free yourself and be yourself. Until next time, this is Nancy Shadlock from Centered Life Coaching.